You may be seated. Awesome today. Great day to see everybody. And uh, great day to be, I guess, in church is what we can say. But how many believe that we don't just do church, we are the church? Amen. And we didn't come to put on a show. We came to just worship God and love one another and, and fellowship with one another and hope that you uh, are encouraged today, that you're strengthened, that you really came today with the emphasis and the focus to strengthen somebody else, to encourage somebody, and to meet new people, really. And uh, I don't know if you uh, are sitting by somebody that maybe you don't know. Hopefully, after the end, by the end of today, you, you somehow get to know them and meet them. This morning, I'd like you to turn with me or click with, uh, on your device to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 28. You know, as a disciple of Jesus, as a Jesus follower, a Christ follower, a Christian, we really believe it's important that, uh, that we follow Jesus. And, and, and that includes walking with Him and, and loving one another, serving each other. We talked about that last week, serving one another and loving one another. And, and really, one of the most important things that Jesus came to do is to give us his mission and to, and to start his mission and have us finish his mission. And one of the things that's just amazing about what God is taking, where God's taking us as a church, as a, as a group of people, is really more and more into outreach or into reaching our world or, or however that works for you. Uh, one of our, our vision statement is to love grow and reach and we're believing God that we're going to reach here near and far and we're going to reach out as much as God wants us to wherever God wants us to and right now he's putting an emphasis of outreach in our city and in our community in our area in our region and so we really believe that uh, as 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 much as God is doing all over the world, God is doing something amazing right here, amen, in our families, in our, in our neighborhoods, and uh, I don't know about you, but I, I want to speak good things over my city. I want to I talk good about our city. It may not be the biggest and have all the, you know, things that other cities have or whatever, and it's got its issues, but how many love this city? I love this city. I was born here. I love, love Williamsport. It's got its issues, but who doesn't, right? But God wants to move here. God wants to do an amazing thing here. And he puts you here as the evangelist. Amen. As the missionary. But in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 28, we're going to talk about leading. We're going to talk about, uh, we talked about following and serving the Lord. We're going to talk about leading, which is reaching the lost. And I want to just entitle this message, Fishing for People. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said this. He said, go in, in, uh, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and in the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. That amen means so be it. And Jesus said, go and make, make disciples. That word teach there is the same definition as make disciples, as disciples, pupils, or, or, or make pupils, or make disciples, those who are learning, those who are teaching. And so teach all nations. And this is an amazing responsibility and a mission that God's called you into. As much as God's called you to be a disciple, the Lord's called you to make disciples, as much as you're called to be in fellowship with him, you're also called to reach out to other people. Bottom line, that's the way it is. And so this is what the Lord teaches us. And he brings us into not only the relationship, but into this mission. And notice what he says here. It says, teach and baptize all nations. Teach and baptize all nations. How many know we need, we got to get a lot more water in the tank. Amen. We got a big job ahead of us. We got a, a lot of responsibility. This is a huge task, isn't it? I mean, teach all nations is what Jesus said. That's, that's amazing. And so, as Jesus called us to be his disciples, he's called us to make disciples. Really, what he's called us into is three things. He's called us into relationship, discipleship, and mission. And really, this is what it is. You can sum this up into this. Jesus gives us, when he teaches this and he gives this in Matthew 28, he gives us our identity and our purpose. He says that you are my disciples. As my disciples, I want you to go and make other disciples. There's our identity. Identity is in Christ. And then he gives us our purpose. Go. Go into the nations. Teach them. I mean, how many know that's, that's a big, big purpose? That's a wonderful purpose. That's a lifelong purpose that Jesus gives us, and he calls us into this. And notice what he says here is nations. Now, when Jesus spoke the word nations, he didn't mean the United States of America because the United States of America had not been formed yet. There, back then when Jesus said this, they had kingdoms and empires and they had regions and they had realms and they had, they had uh, land masses, but they didn't have nations like we have today. Did you know there's over 200 
nations that we uh, acknowledge today. And in these nations is what Jesus was saying. That word nations there is saying people groups. People groups is different, uh, you know, ethnic groups and languages. And so different people groups. And Jesus is saying, go to all the people groups of the world. Teach all people groups. Not just the people that look like you and talk the same language and live in your area. He said, go and teach all nations or people groups. Now, it's interesting about the Christian studies that they've done. They found out that there's about 11,000 different people groups in the world. Different 11,000 different people groups. I'm, I'm telling you, there's probably 9,000 of them in New York City. Have you ever been there? I mean, there's just, there's a, how many know? There's tons of different people groups there. And and, uh, and when I go, I try the different people groups' food, and I love it. But, you know, there's different people groups. And, you know, there's the unreached people groups. And they've done studies and, and found that out of the people groups, of the 11,000 people groups in the world, that there's around 6,000 unreached people groups. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Unreached people groups are considered that anything less than about 2% of that population are, uh, have not heard the gospel, are, are, I mean, are born again. So they've heard the gospel. But over, like, you know, 98% of those people have not heard the gospel. That's considered an unreached people group. And there's 6,000 of those. There's 6,000 unreached people groups, not peoples, people, or, or you know, uh, countries. There are 6,000 people groups. That's a roughly around 6 billion people. Right? That's a lot of people, isn't it? That's a lot of people. So we've got our work cut out for us. That's almost a whole population of the world. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy. That's a lot of people. And so I believe that that we have a, a big call to do. And so people really, as we talk about, you know, leading people to the Lord, we talk about reaching the lost or the mission of Jesus. I think some people, especially in, in Christians, think that, well, you know, I, I've got to uh, somehow, this is an add-on in my life, and I've got to somehow put this into the busy schedule of my life. And how am I going to fit this into the busy schedule of my life? But one of the things we have to understand is that Jesus calls us into something uh, to do because this is something people that we already are. So we are his disciples, and so we're just to do what we are called to be. In other words, you know, I'm a disciple, so I'm going to make disciples. That's kind of a natural process of things. Jesus doesn't say, hey, this is an add-on, or this is, you know, something you have to cram into your schedule. This is something that we should be looking forward every single day. Opportunities to be a disciple of Jesus. Opportunities to make disciples of Jesus every single day. You know, a healthy church is a growing church. And a growing church is a reaching church. And if you're going to grow as a church, it's great that you're reaching out to the Christians, but you've got to reach out to the world. You've got to reach out to those that don't know the Lord. You've got to reach out to those who haven't heard the gospel. That's what reaching out is all about. It's not about, well, I talked to somebody new today. That's great, but that's not really reaching out. That's reaching beyond yourself. That's not really reaching out, amen, with the gospel, the mission that Jesus called us to. And when we talk about leading it, it's easy to understand that a disciple needs to follow and a disciple needs to serve. But when we talk about that a disciple needs to lead, this is what leading is. Leading is reaching the lost. That's what it is. Why? Because we're leading people to Jesus. We're showing people the way, the truth, and the life. We are like John the Baptist. We are the forerunners of Christ. We are pointing people to Jesus. We are leading, amen, people in the way of, as Jesus said here, teaching people. And how many know when you're teaching people, you're leading people. And so it's important to understand that leading people is reaching the lost. We're leading the way. We're, we're making disciples and showing the way. That's what we're doing. We're leading people to Jesus. Amen. And that's why it's so important to get involved in the mission of Jesus every single day. Because we can reach people who don't know Jesus by leading them to Jesus. That's really what it's about. Is people that don't know the Lord. We, we'd say, well, hey, figure it out for yourself. Good luck, buddy. But how many know that's what, that's what Jesus called us to? Jesus didn't just call us to, to just live this life on our own. He's called us to be a signpost and a, and a sign to say, look, this is the way to salvation. This is who salvation is. This is what Jesus does, and this is who he's all about. And so this is what it is. It's so important to understand that being a witness is being a leader. That's what leading people to the Lord is all about. It's leading. Amen. And so how many know that if you've got to follow, you're going to lead? If you're following Jesus, he's going to cause you to lead. That's just the way it is. So that other people can follow him through your life. And that's what leading is all about, simple enough. And so one of the things I want to get into is 
How did Jesus lead? And some of the examples of how Jesus reached out to people and how he wants us to do it. In Matthew chapter 4, if you go back and in the beginning of the chapter we opened up with Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 and 20. You'll see that how Jesus gives a command and gives, a, or gives a, 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 his intention of his mission. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, the Bible says that Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, uh, Peter and Andrew, and they were casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen, that's what they did, and they were getting ready to go fishing. And the Bible says that Jesus said this in verse 19, very important, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the Bible says in straightway, they left their nets and followed Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so we see that Jesus invites us to follow him. He commands us to love one another, but he promises to transform us into fishermen. Amen? Fishing for people. Fishing for, as Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. Two things stand out, obviously, in this particular verse is I will make you or I will develop within you. I will cause you to, to be, I will transform you into a fisher of men. See, they fished in the natural for animals or mammals. They fished for, you know, in the sea, and that's what they did for their job. And they fished. He said, but just like you do that, I'm going to cause you to be fishers of men. I'm going to cause you to fish for people. I'm going to make you. I'm going to develop in you. This word make, uh, I'm going to make you or cause you, develop you, is a word that comes from, comes from a word that means repeatedly, practicing. You repeatedly. This is not a one-time deal. This is not a single act. This, this is something, we could say this is a lifestyle. This is something that you do because of who you are. So it's something you do because you, who you are. So Jesus was saying, I will develop within you. I will make you. I will, uh, I will cause you to be fishers of men. He transforms us. He enables us, really, and he works with us when we respond to the mission in obedience. This is exactly what we'll see here in the story. So, uh, and again, the other thing that sticks out in this, this passage of Scripture is, I will make you fishers of men. Think about this for a moment. Jesus is saying this, I'm going to cause you to fish for people. You're going to catch people. Huh, that's a little different, isn't it? I mean, to say that to somebody, you're going to... And actually, it comes from a word that literally comes, comes from a word that means to hunt. So we, we got a lot of these people in Pennsylvania. So I could say that to you, you understand. To hunt, not in the sense of destructing, but to hunt. In other words, and again, not stalking people, but I'm talking about to hunt. I'm, it's that phrase of, uh, it's a mission. I'm going to cause you to, it's an occupation. I'm going to cause you to fish for people. You're going to catch people for salvation. That's what Jesus said. Have you ever thought about that? Some of you heard the scripture since Sunday school, and it just rolls off the, kind of the back of your head, just kind of goes over your head, and it just kind of, oh, okay, fishers of men. Jesus said to somebody, I'm going to cause you to catch people. Am I going to be in the FBI, what, what is it, Secret Service, or, what, what, or the police force? What, what do you mean catch people? I'm going to cause you to fish for people. Fish for people. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to fish people. Some of you guys are, are good fishermen here. You're going to fish for people. Like you go out and fish for bass or trout. You're going to catch people, is what Jesus said. To a fisherman, this is, uh, we could say it was kind of, uh, yeah, he understood what Jesus was saying. But you know what? This kind of blew them away. Are you, what are you saying? I'm going to catch people? I, am I going to have to put a hook in their mouth? Am I going to have to, you know, put bread on a line and go down the street and, you know, put money on the hook? You know, have you seen those tricks, right? And, and is that how you catch people? I mean, how, what do you mean catch people? And Jesus gave us some principles about how we are to fish for people. And one of the things that's interesting about when Jesus said, follow me, I will cause you to catch people or catch men. Uh, this was really the mission that Jesus was about. He was just putting it in a different way. When Jesus said, I, he said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. Now he's telling somebody that could understand something, I'm going to cause you to fish for people. You're going to come under the same mission. And how many know that the same mission that Jesus called the 12 disciples to, he calls you and I to. The same mission that he gave them, he's giving us today. And he still upholds this mission and causes us to really come to this commitment of this mission. 
And so as a church, I believe sometimes we would waste time that if we try to catch people's attention instead of capture their heart. Jesus is saying this is a different way of fishing. This isn't trying to catch people's attention. This isn't trying to put on a show that you'll catch people and get them into the building and then they'll somehow appreciate Christianity. No, you're supposed to capture their heart. Totally different understanding here. And this is what Jesus was talking to Peter about. And let's see this example and the principles that Jesus gives about fishing for people. In Luke chapter 5, there's a, uh, an account here. Jesus again goes into the detail of this account. Matthew kind of gives his gospel, gives a kind of an overview of what happened that day. But Luke's gospel gives, paints a very clear and vivid picture of what Jesus is talking about, how to fish for people. The Bible says that Jesus was going uh, uh, around again preaching and ministering and it came to pass that uh, as Jesus was, was by the lake um, there in the Sea of Galilee, he was by that lake, the Bible says that people wanted to hear him preach and, and he got crowded on the beach and on the shore and he saw a couple ships there and the Bible says he got into one of the ships which was Peter's boat and he got into Peter's boat the Bible says and he began to teach. Now we know this is Peter and we know this is Peter's boat because the Bible says that there were some fishermen there on the shore and they were washing their nets. And as Matthew's gospel said that that's what Peter and Andrew were doing. They were washing their nets as Jesus went by and talked to them. And so the, he got into the boat, the Bible says in verse 3, and he went into the boat and he began to teach. And he began to, to uh, uh, teach the people. And the Bible says he looked at Peter and he said, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to go out, in verse 4, launch out into the deep, out of the deep waters, and let down your nets for a huge catch. Now, Peter, would, that would be good news to a fisherman, except for the fact that they were fishing all night. They had just come in from fishing all night and they were mending their nets, taking care of their nubs, getting, the, you know how it is, after a hard day's work and, you know, all you want to do is get home, get in, uh, have that hot meal, get in, whatever, get that shower, you just want to, oh, you've had a long, long day. And here Peter and Andrew are, they've, they've fished all day and all night, Peter said, they fished all night and didn't catch anything. That's, that's not only dis distract or, uh, discouraging, that's tiresome. That's wearisome. I mean, that's, that's just keep casting and fishing and all night. And, you know, I, and I'm sure they had other nights like this, but Jesus picked this day, this day on the worst night of fishing to show up and tell them, go out again and fish again. Really? I mean, w weren't you here like a month ago when we caught all those sea bass and, and we made that money and we did well? I mean, why couldn't you say it then when we knew where the fish were and they were biting that night or they were, we, we, were, we knew where they were, we could locate them. But Jesus said it on the night that they didn't catch anything. And so getting back to the story, the Bible says that as he said, you know, we, we've toiled all night, Lord. We, we didn't get anything. But Jesus, Peter said this, he looked at him, he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. That's what we're going to do. And so Jesus got in the boat and that's what they did. And so the Bible says that when they had done this, in verse 6, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and the nets started breaking. And it started breaking, they couldn't even pull it up. So what did they do in verse 7? The Bible says that they called other people, their partners, their partners. So they were in business together. And so Jesus said, all right, not just to one boat, however many boats they had, we had to send the whole fleet out again. All right, boys, pack up your stuff, do it again. We're going to fish again. Really? We did it all night, Peter, really? Well, Jesus said it, let's do it. So the Bible says all of a sudden, Peter's boat started experiencing this huge catch. So he called other people over in verse 7. He said, man, we got to get this thing together. And they worked together and threw other nets out. And, and, and the Bible says that it came and they filled both ships. They filled the ships up and they had all these, these fish in, into the place where the, the boat started to sink. Now, I don't know if they had a little Coleman, you know, canoe. I don't know what they had, but they had enough fish in there to cause this fish to start sinking. Isn't that, isn't that a great problem? How many know that's a good problem to have? How many know when God blesses you, that's always a good problem, right? It's always a good issue to deal with. And so the Bible says in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw he fell down at Jesus, he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And, and he, he was just astonished, the Bible says, at the miracle, at the huge catch of fish that were taken. And verse 10, and so, so all the other people were amazed and they couldn't believe the miracle they saw. And Jesus said this very word to them, was so awesome. He said, fear not, from here on out, you will catch men. 
And the Bible says that when they brought the ships to land, they forsook, forsook everything. They put everything down and they followed Jesus Christ. Wow. When, when, you, when you begin to see this story, you realize that when Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, he gave them a living example. He taught them as their teacher, as the disciples, he taught them a, a hands-on experience, living experience, lesson on how to fish for people. Think about it. And so here are some of the principles that I've kind of drawn from this account and how to fish for people. Number one, through relationship, through the gospel, through faith and obedience, through miracles, through partnership, and through salvation. This is how Jesus taught us to fish for people. In verse 3, we'll see that it was through relationship. He got into the boat. He got into Peter's boat. He could have stood on the shore and told him what, but he got into the boat. It speaks of getting involved in people's lives. Getting into their situation. He got into his boat and he began to teach. And this is what relationship's about. It's initiating the action. It's taking the initiative to start a conversation with somebody. It's taking the initiative to go and to rake leaves. It's taking the initiative to go help. It's taking the initiative to just say something or to offer help, right? How many believe that? That's how you establish relationship with people. You don't just say, well, come to church and then we'll talk. No, long before people come to church or come to your house or hear about the gospel or come to the coffee shop and hear about the gospel, amen, you've been initiating something. You've been initiating some kind of contact, some kind of action, some type of re reaching out to them. I don't know about you, but you know, today, hello goes a long way. Amen. I don't know. I, I, you know, people think it just is in the younger generation, rudeness. No, it's everywhere. I mean, it's all over the place. I, I was cut off by three old ladies at the supermarket. Didn't even say excuse me. I mean, think about it. You know, I let somebody in front of me in line. Didn't even say thank you. Picked up somebody's grocery that dropped and didn't even say thanks. They just took their cart and went their way. Think about it. Those things go a long way in our culture. And Jesus knew that. And I believe the Roman culture was creating the same type of atmosphere. Everybody was rough and everybody was on the edge and everybody was, you know, up in arms and always ready to fight. Come on. And Jesus said, man, this goes a long way when you just approach somebody like Peter, a rough fisherman. He was a rough guy and he was a hard worker and he was busy and he just approached him and he got into his boat. Think about it. And I believe that if anybody knows about initiating relationship, it's Jesus followers. Because Jesus initiated it with you. He came to you. He didn't wait until you came to him. Come on, somebody. He didn't wait until you came to church and got all cleaned up. He came to you. Right where you were, right in your situation, he made the initiate. Come on, he made that initial move to you. A sinner. Somebody that didn't deserve God's grace. Somebody that didn't deserve. Come on. Right? You were dirty and filthy and, and lost and abandoned and you were hurt. And here he comes to you. Amen. I love that. So if anybody knows about initiating relationships, it's us. It's Jesus' followers because Jesus did that to us. Amen. And so I believe that Jesus, who is the door, opens up to people first. Amen? All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Amen. And so it's about relationship. And the second thing I think is that Jesus used, of course, the gospel. The gospel is how we fish for people. What do I mean by that? Well, how did they fish for people here? They used a net. How many know the net speaks of the gospel? Jesus teaches some other place, and he says at the end of the age, the end of the world, that the angels of the Lord are going to come and cast a huge net out, and they're going to gather all the fish, or all the people, and they're going to put the good fish and the bad fish, and the, come on, the sheep and the goats. That net is the gospel. That net, why? Because that net just doesn't, it's not about a fishing pole or one lure where you're trying to get one particular kind of fish, right? It's a net that can reach multiple fish, fish that it can re reach all kinds of different fish. The gospel can reach everybody. The gospel goes out, and it's not just about one particular, just to, to, to the Jew. The Bible says it's to everyone, Amen. And so the gospel has a way of reaching every person where they are, amen, and what they need. It's the gospel is the net that Jesus used. Come on, somebody. The gospel is the net that when Jesus came, the Bible says that he went around teaching and preaching and healing the sick. He was casting out the net. Now, if you read this, the account in 
Matthew's gospel that we read, Matthew 4, if you read the verse before that, it said Jesus went everywhere preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus started casting out the net before he ever met the fishermen. Jesus knew about the net. He was never a fisherman. He was a carpenter by trade. But he knew, amen, that the gospel represented the net. And Peter would understand that the gospel would be the net. And how many believe the gospel is the net? Amen. How many know God is using the net in these days? He's not just using one fishing pole. Amen. Okay, over here. But God wants us to use the net. Amen. He wants you to go, amen, to everybody. To talk to everybody about Jesus. And that's the net. And the gospel is that net. And the mission of Jesus is incomplete without the gospel. Did you realize that? The mission of Jesus is incomplete without the gospel. It has to be. And the gospel doesn't belong on the shore or in the shallows. He said, go out into the deep and cast the net. How many know it doesn't belong? It's great to have the gospel on Sunday morning and there's a lot of Christians hearing the gospel and they've heard it once and they hear it a thousand times. But where the gospel needs to be cast is where the gospel is not and that is in the deep. That's in the world. That's where, amen, people need the gospel is where the gospel needs to be heard. Right? And so the gospel is that net that needs to go out into the deep waters. A net doesn't work in the shallows. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah, though you got those little, how many ever had those little nets your parents got you when you're little, kind of like those little butterfly nets or whatever. You go in the shallows and catch minnows and you get one or two and you thought you were a great fisherman, right? But Jesus said, no, these are, these are huge nets. These are commercial, I mean, these are huge. And how many know Jesus today is in the business of reaching multiple people at one time, amen? Families and communities and cities, amen? That's what he's into, Amen. Thank God for the days that, you know, farmers could use a sickle and they could go and just kind of get a few, you know, things of wheat at a time, little bushels of wheat. But how many know today they use these huge combines? Amen. I mean, you've got to get a lot of harvest in at one time. You've got to use a combine. You can't go out there and just do a little sickle and expect to do 100 acres, come on, in just a little bit of time. But if you want to get 100 acres of corn, you've got to get a big old 16-row combine. All right. Amen. I drove behind one the other night on the road. Man, they take up both lanes of the highway. They're huge. And God's saying to us, amen, this day, amen, that I'm into combines and I'm into nets and I'm into, amen, reaching as many people as we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the net. Amen. And so just like the net, it was designed for deep waters and every kind of person. That's what the gospel is designed for. You know, the mission of Jesus begins with going, doesn't it? It goes with launching out into the deep. That's when the mission starts. The mission never starts here sitting in our seat. That's not the mission. The mission is always about going. And so Jesus told us to go. You're never going to do until you first go. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people want to, I want to do all these mighty things for God. Well, did you go? Well, no, I'm waiting for a call. You don't understand. I'm waiting for the anointing. I'm waiting for faith. I'm waiting for, no, no. How many know God's already gave, gave us those things? Amen. How many know we've already got the faith? We've already been anointed. We've already got the call. We don't have to wait for somebody else from China to go. Amen. God's put you there. You're the missionary. You're the evangelist. You're the ambassador. You're the fisherman. Amen. And so the gospel is that great net. And so the other thing I see in this account is how Jesus teaches us to fish for people is faith and obedience. It takes faith and it takes obedience to go, doesn't it? Some of us are scared to death to talk to people. We're scared to death to initiate conversation, especially about the gospel. You know, I mean, it's just, just the way it is. I think... Uh, According to public speaking statistics, I think that still the leading cause of fear, number one fear, is public speaking. I don't know. Uh, even above the fear of dying is the fear of public speaking. I think that's how it still goes. It used to be. Think about it. We're afraid. We don't want to go. We don't want to say. We don't we know who to go to and, and afraid of what they're going to say and how they're going to react. But, you know, Jesus never considered that. He just told us to go. He just said, when, as you go, as you go, do this, do this, do this. He didn't say, amen, to get all, you know, you had to be, you know, to study all about the anointing and study all, all about healing and be the most equipped about this and that and everything and, and go to all this schooling. He just said go. And as you go, as you're going, as you're going in the journey of reaching people, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, come on, all these things you've been given, give it to other people, show, be the light, be the salt. 
as you go, I'll empower you, but you've got to go. You've got to step out in faith. As we see in verse 5, Peter said this, nevertheless, I'll do it. Nevertheless, I'll do it. And think about this, at your word, we'll try it again. At your word, we'll do it. We'll do it again, Lord. We just, okay, we've been all, got it. Lord, you got to understand. We've been all night. I know you're not a fisherman. You're a carpenter. You're a nine-to-five guy. I got that. But we've been out all night, Lord. But, you know, he didn't say that. He didn't make excuses. He said, you know what, guys? We're going. Because Jesus, this guy that just stepped into my boat, some people are on the shore listening to this guy. There's something to this guy. There's something to the words that this guy is speaking. If all these people have come to listen to him, then maybe I should listen to him. And, he said, and so he said, I'm going to do what you said. And so this is faith. Faith is agreeing with the words of Jesus. As, as Peter also, he, he spoke. Notice when, when Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. He spoke at what was going to happen. See, faith doesn't just look at the circumstances. Faith looks at what God sees. God, at what could be, at what will be if we'll obey, amen, in faith. And so the other thing I've noticed about faith is faith steps out on little the little that it knows, it acts on. That's faith, isn't it? He said, well, no, I need to get all the facts. I need to make sure that it's, uh, all the money's going to be there. I've got to make sure that this is going to work properly, and, and I, I've got to have a fail-safe plan. No, Jesus just says, go, step out, do it. And how many know God always tells you to do something small before uh, the little piece of the puzzle before you see the big piece of the part of the puzzle, and he says, this is just a piece of the puzzle, put it here. Yeah, but I don't understand, I don't get it, how's everything? Just do that, just do what I say, that's faith. How many believe that's faith? Amen. If you'll do the little things, amen, like they're big things, God will do the big things like they're little things. See, God puts no limits on faith, and faith puts no limits on God. And when we step out in faith on what God has said, amen, God is going to show up. Things are going to happen. The results are going to come in. Amen. And notice this thing about obedience. I love this about obedience, obedience to the Lord. Obedience releases the supernatural. Notice, obedience released the supernatural. Peter wasn't on the shore and then looked out and said, I'll wait till I see fish start topping the water and start biting. Then we'll go. Obedience said, amen, release the supernatural. When he was obedient, the moment he pushed off the shore, God got all those fish in the water ready. He started, amen, getting the currents around and pushing those schools of fish and gathering those fish. The moment he obeyed is the moment God got the miracle ready. Amen. The moment that Abraham went up on the mountain with Isaac and said, Amen, I, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to do what God told me to do. How many know as Abraham and his son Isaac was going on one side of obedience, God was bringing a sheep of provision on the other side. Amen. And sometimes on this mountain of faith, obedience is on one side and provision is on the other. But you'll never get the provision until you start in obedience. Amen? So God wants us to obey. And so acting in obedience is the first step, really, towards not only a miracle, but towards a purposeful life. I mean, think about it. The life of purpose is found in the life of obedience. If you want purpose, if you want God to show you what, you, what you're to do and, and have a life that's purposeful, step out in obedience. Many people feel they don't have any purpose because they're really not obeying what God already told them to do. They're always looking for something different and something God hasn't shown them. Think about it. But also about obedience is something that's very important here. And we see it in Peter's example. And that is to remain humble. To remain broken about it. I mean, God will meet you. But there's something here that he, he had this obedience is, is that key. But the ongoing usefulness is humility. So God wants us to not just do it one time. But he wants us to remain in this attitude of, Lord, I can't do this. This is a miracle. I, I need you to do it again. I, I, I don't understand, Lord. I, you know me, Lord. It wasn't me. It was you. And God wants us to stay in that attitude of obedience. Amen. An attitude of a humbling attitude of, of, you know. And I think of this when we talk about reaching the lost. I say it's important that we just stay in, a, in an attitude of obedience. Not in an attitude of, well, I gave you a track. I told you about Jesus. I did my job. Now, if you don't, you're going to hell. That's your business. No, no. That, that's not what we're talking about. Again, this is something, not a one single act that we do. This is something we practice, ongoing. And this is, life of obedience is ongoing. How many believe that? It's, it's a, a, all the time. It's not just one time. 
Amen. You get in a difficult situation and you, you know, and you call somebody and they say, hey, I think God's telling you to do this or God's word says to do this and then you obey it and it works for you and then you leave it there. How many know it's a life of obedience? You're constantly obeying God. And so God wants you to constantly come to the place where you're obeying him when it comes to reaching people. The other thing I see about faith and obedience is this, it comes with faith and obedience, is not just our next point, which is miracles, but the first before that is strategy. Notice that Peter said this, he said, we fished all night. What did Jesus say? Cast your net on the right side, or throw it over again. And he gave them some strategy. Now, again, he had been doing that. I'm sure that they, they cast it, they were fishing all night. They threw it in the back of the boat and over the side of the boat and on this side. Maybe even went up to the top of the sail and threw it over that way. I don't know. They tried all kinds of ways. But when the Lord spoke, when God gave the strategy, something began to happen. And how many know God wants to give us strategy? Pray for not just faith and obedience that, Lord, I'll, I'll have faith and I'll obey, but pray for strategy. Lord, how can I do this? What can I say? How many know wisdom is knowing what to say and how to say it? And God wants to give you soul-winning wisdom. God wants you to not just go up to somebody, hey, uh, you know. God wants you to have something to say. He wants you to go and have a strategy. I, mean, I don't know about you, but maybe you guys in your family need to strategize. Okay, how are we going to reach our family? How are we going to reach our neighbors? I think it's good to have a strategy. Anybody? Amen. And God wants you to give you that. In fact, strategies help, in obedience, help release the miraculous. Because I know that because when Jesus was preaching to the 5,000 people and they were hungry and there was only a small lunch provided, guess what Jesus did first? He had a strategy. Have everybody sit down in 50s and then the miracle can happen. And so a lot of times God wants to give you a strategy in order for a miracle to happen. And that brings us to our next point. We see in order to fish for people, we need miracles. We need miracles. We need God to step in. We need a supernatural element of God in what we're doing and reaching people and what we're saying and how we're saying it. How many know we need miracles? Amen? Two people. That's awesome. So the greatest miracle, really, that, that we need to understand, the greatest miracle is for somebody to get saved. It's for somebody to become a Christian. No, it's, I believe, I'm believing God for people to get out of wheelchairs and off hospital beds. You know, that doesn't really, that doesn't save their soul. I mean, that's great, but how many know the greatest miracle is when somebody gets born again? The miracle of born again, the miracle of salvation is amazing. It is the greatest miracle. And let me tell you something, that's the miracle we need to be hungering for. Those are the signs and wonders. Lord, what, what is it that, that will lead somebody to salvation? Not something that impresses Christians and people make a big deal out of it and have a conference over healing services. Man, what is the miracle we're looking for? We're, we're looking for someone to get saved. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's the greatest miracle. We think that speaking in tongues and prophesying and seeing visions and dreams and, and the word of knowledge, and we think that people, you know, uh, being healed in their body is the greatest miracle. It's not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is somebody being born again. Amen, being birthed into the kingdom and accepting Jesus Christ. And amen, the miracle of washing, amen, the sins being washed away and giving new birth. That's amazing. That's the greatest miracle. Amen. And so notice this about this miracle, about the fish. I mean, this is, this is tremendous. I mean, think about it. So as people have studied this, they estimated that this, was a, a, this catch was nearly a ton of fish. This is what they did, they studied, and they, they figured out this was kind of historically, this would be about a ton of fish. This is a lot of fish. I don't know about you, but Peter's family was eating good for like a month. I mean, that was great. Smoked fish and sushi. I mean, they ate it all. They did it all. I mean, think about it. But you know why? One of the reasons they had so much fish, so they could give it to other people. I mean, I think it was great. This is a miracle. But think about this. So it was, a, it was a ton of fish. And so normally this was caught in two weeks' time. This was two weeks people would, in a good fishing season, in two weeks you would catch a ton of fish. But they did it in just a few hours. Wow, what a miracle. Amen. And not only that, but the miracle was even greater because it was normally they, they, done, they did this uh, they were fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. And then probably this was in the middle of the day when it's probably the worst time to fish. I mean, how many know God loves to move when it doesn't seem like it should be the best time for God to do something? God moves when it's not conducive for God to move anymore. Amen. When we think God is, it's over and it's too late, God moves. 
When we think, man, the perfect time to move was a month ago, God. I needed you to step in a month ago. No, God says, I'm going to move in the most unlikely times that you think, but they're the best time for me. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is what miracles happen. Think about it. You know, God never takes a miracle and gives you something from that. He always takes something from you and gives you a miracle. Amen. You always have to offer the Lord something in order for him to turn a miracle into it. Amen. Make a miracle out of it. And so they had this net. It was a nasty, dirty old boat and a net. And the Lord brought a miracle. I love that. Fishing for souls. Really, as I thought about this, fishing for people and fishing for souls might be hard. And it seems hopeless at times. But no matter what, I really believe that we need to be convinced that it really needs to come down to place. It leads to miracles. When we realize that fishing for people leads to miracles, I believe we would be fishing for more people. I don't know about you, but how many want to see more miracles? A couple people, that's awesome. Well, I'll just watch uh, Christian television. No, I mean miracles. I mean like, wow, miracles. Like, God, how did you do that? There's no way that should have happened. Like, wow, I want to see signs and wonders. Do you know that Jesus linked miracles always and signs and wonders with reaching the lost? Always. Now Paul taught us that the, the gifts of the Spirit can operate in the church. But guess what they're for? They're not to make, give us goosebumps and get our shundai on. It's that we could edify it as the body to go out and reach the world. Everything about miracles, the signs and wonders, the, amen, the power of God is all about amen, reaching people with the gospel. Amen. I love that. And so this is what miracles are all about. And, and the, we'll see that this other thing that I see is partnership. Verse 7, and we're not going to spend a long time, partnership. Wow, more than one person could handle this. I mean, this is partnership. And I believe that as the days go on, as time goes on, and I want to challenge you, first of all, in your personal life, that as a Christian, that you think of other ways. How can I partner with other Christians to do the work that God's called us to do? How can I fulfill the mission with people in my house, my family? How can I partner with other people in the church to fulfill the mission? How can I partner with other Christians? And how can I partner with other churches? And we're going to pray and believe God that God's going to, especially with the River Valley Mission, God's going to put us in partnership with other ministries and other churches and other pastors and other agencies, Christian agencies that are going to work together in this area. Amen? Amen? Come on, how many know it's about partnership? No, I want all the fish for myself. I want all the glory for myself. You can't handle it. Come on, I hear the Lord saying, you can't handle the, the gifts. <laughs> you can't handle all that power. Amen, I'm giving it to the church. I'm not giving it to one man. I'm not giving it to one ministry. I'm giving it to the church. Amen. And so as we ride up and down the streets of Williamsport and you go by churches, thank God for those are partners in the gospel. Amen? They're partners in the gospel. Partners. We need each other. We've got to do this together. Some of you are just praying for your relatives. You're praying for family. And you know what? Maybe you should consider bringing somebody else in on your need and say, how can we partner with other people in my church to pray for my family, to reach my family, to pray for my neighbors, to reach my neighbors? Anybody? Come on, take some of the brothers and sisters here in this church, in, this, in our community here, and say, look, can you, would, you, would you mind if I called you this week? I just, can you pray with me about my neighbors? Can God maybe speak to us about how to strategize? How can I reach people more? Amen. Come on, can maybe you can get together with a group of people and say, can you pray with me? Can you talk about this? What's the best way? What do you, would you like to come over and help me reach my neighbors? What can we do as a group and get this little group together and say, how can we re reach uh, our city for the Lord? How can, what can we do? You know, I was just reminiscing about this uh, this last week about how I spent about seven and a half years working with other churches. And I was a co-director here in the whole, I was really the Susquehanna Valley. I mean, it was huge. We worked in 29 junior uh, and senior high schools and Christian schools getting Christian clubs off the ground, starting, training students how to have Christian schools and public schools and in the colleges. And we worked in Penn College and Lycoming College. And uh, it was amazing. It was wonderful. And I thought about all the relationships that I formed. And, and as a couple uh, from another church, we were talking and they, we, we noticed, wow, I, I know all these people that you know. I didn't realize you knew those people. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Oh, yeah, I did that event. I was there. We did that. And we, we just started thinking about how many churches work together. And that was great. How many know that's something we need to do? We need to partner. Amen. 
And so we really believe that. And lastly, it comes down to in verse 10, the salvation, the saving of people's souls. He said this, Jesus said this, from now on, Peter, you're going to be fishing for the souls of men. You're going to be catching people. Now a lot of people look at, listen to that and they say, well, that's what I thought, the church traps people. No, we're not into trapping people. That's not what Jesus said. We're not, <laughs> we're not trapping people into the congregation. You know, have Brother Bill stand outside and as people go by, amen, just hustle them in here, put them in a dark room. Okay, we got people in church. No, we're not about trapping people. But you know what this word, catching people, what does that mean? Does that mean tricking people into the gospel? And uh, hey, I'll give you a lollipop if you come to the church. How many know that worked when I was eight, but doesn't work anymore? Can't do that anymore. And uh, if anybody came for coffee today and not the gospel, uh, I, I believe you were entrapped. But anyways, so gathering people. This is what it means. Catching people means gathering people. When we talk about fishing for men or fishing for people, uh, catching people, what does that mean? Does Jesus mean that you're going to go out and have fish? No, he means that you're going to gather people. When Jesus refers to uh, evangelism, he refers to it as reaping the harvest. What do you do in harvest? You gather all the harvest together in one place, right? Come on, you gather all the soybeans and corn and, and all, the, all those things and, and milo as I see in some of the fields around here. You gather all those things into one place, into a granary. How many know our goal and our mission is to gather everybody into the granary of heaven? Amen? How many know we're, we're, we're about getting people into the kingdom? We're about uh, introducing people to Jesus. We're about, I mean, letting people consider Jesus. They've got to know about Him. They've got to see the Lord and hear about Him, right? Come on. We're about leading people in the direction of making a choice to be saved. That's what it's about. And it's about this catching people and gathering people. This is a different kind of fishing, as Jesus talked about. Now, back then, as Jesus talked about the fishing and Peter knew that fishermen, what they would do normally is they would catch the fish and, and so these fish would die and they would be consumed. But Jesus said this is a different type of fishing. This is the type of fishing. You're actually going to catch people and you're going to save them and you're going to give them life and freedom. This is a different type of catching people. You're going to give them life and freedom. You're bringing them into liberty. You're bringing them into hope. You're bringing them into joy and to life and to healing. Amen. This is a totally different type of fishing, Peter. This is a new type of fishing that you haven't done just quite yet. You're, instead of bringing fish to the shore and selling them and the people can eat them. No, we're not talking about that kind of fishing. We're talking about gathering people into life. Amen. Gathering people into healing. Gathering people into deliverance and being set free. The Bible says it's for freedom that we've been set free. Amen. And that's what we're bringing people into. Amen. It's this. We're catching people, gathering people into this life of freedom and this life of liberty through Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there's not a single believer here, Christian, in the sound of my voice, that isn't called into this full-time, full-life vocation of fishing for people. Not one of Every one of us are called into this vocation, this career of fishing for people. And I believe today that as Matthew's gospel says, that Jesus said this, that Jesus is calling us to follow him, that we can fish for people. Amen. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? How many believe that Jesus called you to catch people, to fish for people? Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Thank God for this. Jesus said, come follow me. I will make you. I will develop. I will transform. I will cause you to be fishers of men or catching people for the salvation of their soul. Getting people's attention isn't just enough. It's capturing their heart. And I believe this is what Jesus wants to do through you this week. As we see, Jesus gave us this example principles, but he also lived a life of fishing. Jesus lived a life of fishing for people. He told us to go, but he said, I'm sent to do my Father's work. I'm sent on a mission. I'm here to seek and save that which is lost. He extended invitations to people to come and see what he was all about. He went to the people that needed him the most. He went as a servant. He went to serve people. He went, and this is how he fished for people. He lived the life. He presented the gospel. He went where it was needed the most. He went into the deep areas of the water of the world. He went into the deep and he cast out in the net of the gospel. And he was there to reap a harvest of souls. 
This is the call that you have. This is the anointing that God has called to give in you. This is the, the same enablement that was on Jesus as he came out of the water after baptism. The Spirit of God came on him for this reason, that he can seek and save that which is lost. This is why God's called us. This is why God calls us here today to gather on a Sunday morning, not to fulfill a religious duty, that we could be built up, that we could do the mission of Jesus Christ in this city. There's tons and tons of people groups. Even in the city, there's a few. There's not many like New York City, but there's a few. But God's called us to teach every nation about Jesus Christ. This week, I'm going to tell you there's going to be more opportunity than you realize if you just start asking the Lord for fishing opportunities. Opportunities to go fish. Opportunities to catch people. Opportunity. Come on, some of you are going to catch people off guard. You're going to catch them at their worst time. You're going to catch them at their best time. But nevertheless, this week you've got to catch people. And as Jesus is the door, amen, he gave an opening to people. And I, I, I want to challenge you, take the initial step in opening a door in relationship with people this week. Could be a high and hello, could be excuse me, it could be great weather we're having. I like that shirt. Where'd you get those shoes? It could be anything. But as Christ followers, people that God came to us, made initial contact with us, let's make initial contact with somebody that needs the Lord this week. Amen? Can you do that? Can we do that? Amen. Before we pray, amen, I just want to encourage you, amen, to step out. And as Jesus told us a story, about this fish story, as it were, how to fish for people. This is about the miraculous. This is about purpose. This is about eternal reward. This is about, I mean, a life of fishing for people, the souls of people. This is what needs to consume us. This is what, as Peter, I want to encourage you, just like Peter, use what God, what, what, let's just put it this way. As Jesus got into Peter's boat, use what you know. Use where you are. Just start where you are and reach people with what you have. That's just how it starts. Peter had a boat and an old net, and Jesus used it. What do you have? What do you have to reach people? What do you have? Well, I, I have a job, and that's what you have. Well, I, I have this, and I have that. You're going to find something in common with somebody this week that you really don't know. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's politics. It might be politics. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's your job. But you're going to find something in, in common with somebody this week, and God wants to use that as a boat to get out to that deep water, to cast the net out, look for that opportunity to cast out the net of the gospel so that somebody, somebody can receive Jesus Christ this week. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you so much that you found us where we were. You called us before we called you, Lord. We ask you, you came to us. You started this relationship. You initiated this, this contact with you. And Lord, as the disciples of Jesus Christ, as many of us are in this room today, we ask, Lord, that you would help us initiate contact with somebody that needs you this week, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you're going to cause us to be fishers of men, that we'll catch people with, uh, with the gospel, Lord, for salvation, Lord. And we don't do this as a project. We don't do this as a program or do this as just a religious duty. This is heartfelt. We're not trying to get people's attention. We're trying to capture their heart. We pray today. Lord, that we'll launch out into the deep. Go into those uncomfortable areas of conversation with people and get out of our comfort zones and get out of our little circles, Lord, and go out where people need us and make contact and just get into somebody's boat and say, and just say, this is who Jesus is. This is who God is. And we just say, pray, Lord, that you're going to give us more opportunity that we can handle in Jesus' name. Amen.